there is an abundance of opportunity and success everywhere around us. If only you would get out of your way, go and get it. Um, that's a lot of what we try and focus on here is, you know, take charge. Because as, on, as entrepreneurs, as you know, entrepreneurs, where others see problem, uh, you see opportunity. Welcome to Bridging the Potential, intergenerational conversations that change the world. This is Aaron Johnson, founding member of Living the Potential Network's Youth Advisory Council, with a question for you. What happens when you bridge the experience, education, and expertise of an elder with the curiosity, energy, and innate wisdom of a youth? It's simple. Everyone grows and the world changes for the better. One conversation, one connection, and one collaboration at a time. Today's podcast is no different. Renee Beth connected me with Eloy Garza, who is a marketing instructor at Westlaco East High School, entrepreneur, developer of the CareerBridge app, and creator of Aspire Enterprise, a student-led corporation that works with businesses to deliver higher value to their community. I think you will enjoy our conversation about project-based learning, entrepreneurship, and taking ownership of your life path. My favorite part of this podcast was when Eloy shared how a special mentor of his became his cheerleader at a young age, and everything he's doing to be that same cheerleader for his students and other students across the country. Hello, this is Renee Beth Poindexter, and today we are on the podcast um, of Bridging the Potential, and I'm the founder of Living the Potential Network and your host for today's podcast. <clears throat> After I wrote the book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World, I set out to find spaces where we could bring people who care about what the youth have to say, and that's what this podcast is all about. I love these conversations because after listening to the youth's dreams and concerns, and we connect them with an elder or a mentor, people prefer to be a mentor rather than an elder, who has experience and wisdom to share in an area that the youth is most interested in learning about. And they get to receive the innovative spirit from the youth as well as the youth, um, the experience and wisdom of the mentor. So this is reciprocal learning at its best. I always leave these conversations inspired and I think you will too. Today I have a very special two guests, actually Eloy Garza, who um, is coming to us from um, far Texas. And he is an amazing entrepreneur, teacher um, with a vision that's very similar to mine. And that is what if we got youth involved earlier in life in which they could make a difference. And how about we partner them with businesses who are looking for that innovative wisdom. So um, Eloy Garza is a fabulous guest and couldn't think of a better match than to connect him with Aaron Johnson, who's one of the founding uh, members of the Youth Advisory Council for Living the Potential Network. And uh, Aaron Johnson is 18 on his way to his 19th birthday, which is next week, I believe. <laughs> And um, he is a budding entrepreneur who's got, I think, two books under his belt and uh, a new business and a few other things that, I don't know, I'm not sure that many 18-year-olds can brag about. <laughs> so you can just imagine these two coming together. Let's start with you, um, Eloy, first. 
You Good. are an amazing, um, you found your passion and you're a dad with four children and you're doing your life's work. How did that all start? Man, yeah, I, you know, it's kind of crazy. I, I never really saw myself out to be an educator. Uh, in fact, I, I, uh, I guess if I will tell my story, uh, I was born and raised in, uh, in South Texas, right on the border of Mexico. And uh, I come from a I come from very difficult, very difficult circumstances. Um, I am the oldest of three children in a single parent home. I never knew my father. I helped my mother raise my two younger sisters. Um, you know, I've seen some pretty tough things. Uh, life was very hard. Uh, and the majority of my family, uh, I had a very large extended family, uh, 12 aunts, 12 aunts and uncles, 52 cousins. The majority of them, didn't make good choices and uh, ended up in and out of prison for all kinds of horrible things. But um, I had a decision to make when I was young, uh, go down that path or find a better path. And uh, my mother already had too much on her plate. I didn't want to burden her with anything else. And I had to be a good role model to my two younger sisters. So I uh, worked extremely hard when I was young, you know, in high school to try and be the best athlete I could be. Um, and so I uh, was very fortunate to, you know, get an opportunity to, uh, you know, be a collegiate athlete. Uh, I attended college at Morningside University on a football track and choir scholarship. Wow. Where I, where, yeah. Uh, That's an interesting where, combination, you know, football <laughs> and choir. Okay. No, yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't know where opportunity was going to come from. And it was either, you know, scholarship or military. You know, my mother wasn't going to help me pay for college. And um, it, it was just tough. I, I'd been to five different high schools. And so my GPA wasn't really that great uh for a you know myriad of different reasons but um it, athletics is where you know I, I really got my opportunity and i pursued that and it took me to a great university in the middle of iowa uh on the, on the corner of iowa nebraska and south dakota and i immersed myself into a different environment and different culture different people you know where i'm from you don't you don't talk to people walking down the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't make eye contact with people when you're walking down the sidewalk. Because if you do, chances are there's going to be a misunderstanding. <laughs> you know, uh, but when I went to Iowa, I'd be walking down the, the sidewalk and, you know, not making eye contact. And people would just randomly, hey, how's it going? And I'd have to, like, are you talking to me? Yeah, how's it going? Like, oh, hi. And, you know, by the third month, I was just waving it high at everyone, right? So it was a phenomenal experience. Uh, aside from being, a, you know, an athlete and, uh, you know, uh, on, on, in the choir, I double majored in marketing and advertising at Morningside University. I was, uh, I was an, uh, an officer in our fraternity. Um, I founded a nonprofit organization called Siouxland Community Media which focused on uh, what I did. I was, I was the host of a television show. We would bring on nonprofit organizations to have them talk about their, you know, their businesses for free. And we put it on YouTube back when YouTube started. Wow. We were interviewed on the news because we were a show on YouTube. <laughs> <It was> a <laughs> big, 
and you know, I, I was on several other boards in the community. I was one of 12 Hispanics, Latinos in, in the college. So <clears throat> I uh, was a, a board member for the Siouxland Unidad Latina, Siouxland United uh, Latino community. Um, and I was also a human rights commissioner, uh, one of the youngest in the state of Iowa. And so why? Because I just, there was opportunity, <laughs> I mean, you know, because somebody had to do it because I've always felt that, you know, the more experience you have, the more versatile you are, the more value you bring, the more opportunities that uh, present themselves. And so after college, I went into the corporate world, did very well in sales, marketing, um, and uh, I was in a corporate position, head of marketing and account executive, living in San Antonio, fast forward a bit, but uh, the whole time I was in college, I had still stayed in a, in a wonderful relationship with my high school sweetheart, uh, and after about eight years of having this long distance relationship, we finally decided to, to try and have a go at it. But that required me moving back down to my hometown. And I was very happy to make that sacrifice uh, because I'd always wanted to be a dad, the dad that I never had, essentially. Right. Wow. And uh, so I'm sitting here and I'm, you know, I remember very vividly, I was with, a, with an uncle. And I'm like, man, I'm the old, you know. Uh, what do I do? And he's like, well, you, you should be a coach, man. You're a great athlete. You, man, you'd be an amazing coach. Ah, Theo, I don't want to be a coach. He's like, me, teachers, man, you'd be an amazing teacher. What's wrong with you? Ah, stop. You know what? Stop being dumb. You're going to be a teacher. Yeah, that's it. You're, you're going to go be a coach. Go. Go talk to the people. Uh, <laughs> you know? And, and that's, that's really, I guess that was the push I needed. And so um, I had it set in my mind that I wanted to be a coach, a shot put and discus coach. And, and so I started teaching and, and I started coaching and uh, very luckily the, the, the first school that I taught at didn't have a marketing program. So I started it and uh, I, I set out with the goal and a vision that I wanted to, um, you know, be the coach that I, that I was very fortunate to have. And I wanted to be the teacher that I, was very fortunate to have. I, I was going down when I was in high school, not backtracking, I, I was going down a very bad road because of my circumstances. Mm-hmm. But it was it was my coaches and one teacher that just believed in me. Mm-hmm. That's like would say, man, you have so much potential. You you can do this, you can do that. And I guess after hearing it for so long, I started to believe it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I, and I started to take on that potential and, and challenge myself, and you know. So when I became the educator and the coach, that was my goal. I'm very, I, I, I'm, I'm, I myself am a very goal-oriented individual, I feel. And man, if I have it set in my head, if I establish that goal, it's like I have to do everything I can to achieve it. Wow. When I became a coach, it was to coach. My first step was I wanted to coach a, a collegiate athlete. I want to get a kid a scholarship the way I did. And the very first graduating class of the school I went to, like two years after I started, I had a young man go on scholarship to the University of Houston, shot put and discus. And I started the marketing program. 
And, uh, you know, I was coaching and, and teaching at the same time and still very high goals. Uh, that must have been so exciting to have a vision of what was possible to help a young person achieve you know, through a scholarship what you did. And you set the bar and it happened. It only took two years, you said, in order for well, that to manifest. Yeah, I mean, I started teaching in 2012. And the first graduating class at PSA Southwest Early College High School was 2014. And uh, I had a young man, you know, co- you know, hey coach, you know, I want to I want to try and throw in college. Well, do you have any idea what that's going to take? You know what, I'm going to push you. All right, let's get it. And sure enough, um, there's a great and like that young man. Um, I'll tell you a little bit more about him here in a bit. If you don't mind me continuing this. Oh, no, please do. I mean, this idea, <laughs> we really want to unwrap the Eloy Garza that's well, <laughs> brought forward. You're living in your purpose and your passion with young people, you know, and yeah. I love the, the stories that you're sharing right now. This is very powerful. It, it didn't, you know, the things that eventually ended up happening, I couldn't dream of happening. But through an insane amount of focus, and just nonstop uh, hard work and passion and just loving what I do every day. Man, the things that have happened is, I I look back and I'm just so grateful. As I continue to build both my my coaching program, my my shop and discus program and and my my marketing program, it was always to push things to, to new heights, to new levels. Where I'm from, where we're from, we're right on the border of Mexico. And the majority of our students live in circumstances that most people just can't understand. Uh, very low socioeconomic conditions. They're, they are either from Mexico or a first generation American. And so it, it, it can be very difficult sometimes. And so I started this program when I started uh, teaching marketing, right? And they gave me no textbooks and they said, oh, you know, just you were, didn't you, you know, go to college for this? (laughs) Okay. And so then I tried to do the best I can as a young teacher. Like, okay, well, how do I do it? How do I teach it? The typical way of teaching marketing is, okay, here's the curriculum and all right, there's a project. You know what? You're going to come up with some fictitious marketing you know, plan and you're going to present it to the class or put it on a poster board. And you know what, well, we're going to, we're going to put that poster board on the wall. But then when standardized testing comes along, we're going to tear it down. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and I tried that the first year Man, the kids were not engaged. They were and sleeping. They were tired. They were yeah, bored. Right. They were, they just weren't engaged. And so I said, you know what? I can see it. Y'all, y'all hate this. Fine. I hate it too, to be honest with you. You're going to go and talk to some, you're going to go out to businesses here in the area, ask them if you can help them with their marketing. And they, they, you know, they were freaking out like, oh, sir, but how do we do that? No, no, no. You're going to go, you're going to go talk to these businesses. And here in our area, it's like taquerias, little taco stands and little uh, snow cone stands and little, just little mom and pop, small mom and pops in the community ran by your neighbors, ran by, you know, your, your uncles. Um, people that can't afford marketing services, <laughs> you know, and, and you're going to go to them. You're going to see, you're going to ask them if you can help them with their marketing. And that'll be your, that'll be your project. And we're going to use that and I'll grade that. 
And you know what? If you don't do a good job, that company is going to fail. Uh-oh. You know, like, oh, sir. I was like, nope, that's what it, go, you know. And sure enough, uh, students would, would go out, and that's kind of how it got started. Uh, you know, we started the Southwest Marketing Program there at PSA Southwest. And, um, you know, and it started off working with a couple of businesses. For, first, it started with friends that I knew, right? Um, it started off with a couple small mom and pop businesses. Then it moved on to letting students do more in-depth research and analysis and identifying trends and gathering insight and developing strategy. And then, you know, there are people that I went to high school with that were friends that I knew were entrepreneurs that started a business, small businesses, nothing, you know, party rentals, moon jumps. Okay, they would, we would bring them on and start helping them. And then more businesses would hear. And then, you know, I went to an axe retreat and I told all the brothers there like, hey guys, I'm the marketing teacher. Do any of y'all need help? Come on, like help the kids. Come on, guys, it's for the kids, like the kids. And, yeah. You know, and, and by the time you knew it, uh, we would be managing 14 different businesses. I see. By the okay. time you knew it, it started off with small little mom and pops and ended up going to, you know, Hewlett Packard. Uh, it ended up going to working with multi-million dollar corporations. Right. Um movie industry companies, movie production companies in, in LA. Uh, and the whole while I'm still coaching and <laughs> I am becoming more certified and I am coaching more athletes, uh, the first Paralympic Olympia, uh, Olympic athletes in our, in our area, junior Olympic athletes, um, state qualifiers. And then, uh, you know, in my last year of coaching, uh, state champions. Wow. So I've had athletes go to University of Houston, uh, uh, Northern Arizona University, UT, Austin, University of Oklahoma, all on scholarship. That's so wonderful. Um, you know, what I love about your story so far is, um, is that you, it doesn't matter your story about where you come from, and I'm sure Aaron will dive into this, but you have been you had a spark in you that other people could see. And now you look for the spark in others. But the other piece that I think is really cool is like you're telling the youth that they've got to help these businesses because if they don't, the businesses are going to fail. And all of a sudden, the why or the spark in them was activated, right? Oh, man. But then on the other hand, when you're talking to the businesses and going to cultivate more and more businesses, they go, do it for the kids, do it for the kids. And mm-hmm. suddenly like, oh, yeah, we want to help the kids. So you started to be the bridge builder between what right. youth could learn and what business needed. And those were probably the early days of the latest offering that you're bringing to the marketplace, right? I no. mean, you, did you have the idea of career bridge when you were bridging the youth? That oh, was such curious. a smooth segue. That's <laughs> really, man, it, I hadn't even thought about it that way. But uh, yeah, I, you know, so talk a little bit more in depth, right, about how we work with businesses. Um, I, I, I essentially, what I did is I took the process that I utilized, uh, the, the business processes that I utilize in the corporate world and embedded them into my classroom to train students to look at themselves as consultants, not as students, to 
train business students to provide offerings and solutions to the community to add value. Everything about the business world is how do you add value? Exactly. I have this wonderful <laughs> resume with this great GPA. Okay, great. How are you going to add value to my company? You know, and that typically comes from experience. Right. So we would we would work with uh, these businesses, and the typical standard operating procedure that I was very diligent about was you are not going to call the students. You're not going to get their personal emails. You're going to, you're, you're going to email them via their school email address. And I have to be CC'd on every single correspondence. If you want to talk to them via the phone, call the classroom phone number or my cell phone and we'll put you on speaker. It was the only way that we had. It was the only way that I could do this. And so, um, as, as that went on and on, you know, I, I ended up becoming, um, I guess, pretty well known in work-based learning here in Texas. And I served on the work-based learning board for Texas and, and uh, I helped uh, uh, as, an, as an advisor for curriculum and I helped write some curriculum for Texas. And I would talk about the things that my kiddos were doing all across the country and everybody would always ask, well, how do you manage it? How do you manage it? Mm -hmm. honestly I don't know it's it's just hard <laughs> I would have filing cabinets and yeah. would, you know and oh man it was crazy trying to keep that and I was, I was always such a stickler no keep it organized like you know, <laughs> me myself I'm very right right brained and uh, you know it's, I, I struggle to stay organized myself <laughs> so I this whole time I'm looking for a project management system because we had one when I was in the corporate world right and there's so right. many CRMs now so many different tools but Either they were they had too much, or they still didn't have that that the the solutions that we needed. And I, I got so fed up that I just I, de I designed one. And I yeah. <laughs> it's, um, like, it's like I'm mad as heck. I'm just tired of all this filing. I'm going to do it. You know, create it. And, and yeah. that, that's just this year, though, right? Career Bridge has just come uh, about this year. Bridge, yeah, Career Bridge. Um, you know, I've I've had. I realized I, I could build it about three years ago. And I started, um, I started kind of, you know, we all went through a lot during in the last few years. Um, but I started kind of coming up with a solution for it. I started building the foundation for it. And then very fortunately, last this the the summer before last, like last summer, um, I started building the the platform itself. And by November, by, well, no, really by August, I had it ready. My, my objective was I, I wanted to have CareerBridge ready for my students this year um, right. to start using. So the other thing is I just started teaching at this new district in Wessico, Wessico ISD at Wessico East High School. I parted ways with my, with my former district. They had new leadership that uh, they weren't, they didn't see the, the value of, you know, partnering with businesses and that sort of thing, mm -hmm. um, which happens. Okay. <laughs> and, and so this, uh, you know, this new district is, Wessico is so extremely supportive of, of the vision. That's awesome. They, they see the value and they want to, they want it to grow. And so uh, 
I have a new batch of kids complete from my standpoint, they're green. They've never done anything like this. They've never okay. seen anything like this. Like, how are we going to do it? You know? And so I thought, okay, no, career bridge has to be ready. Right. <laughs> That's what's going to set them apart. And like, as you said, um, you know, now they use career bridge. We're working with uh, six major projects. That's awesome. Those of companies. Um, and would you tell us a little bit about Aspire? Because you're so excited about Aspire right now. And then we're going to bridge over to Erin. Um, yeah. Because um, how we all found each other was on the New Mexico project, which I'll, right. leave, I'll leave to Erin to ask those questions. Yes, yes. But tell us about Aspire and then um, how the excitement about being, I didn't realize it was a brand new district and you've got six major companies you're working yeah. with. It's kind of like they, these this new batch of students gets the experience. <laughs> The benefit of your years of building this I, experience, I so. this expertise, I've been, right? I've been building this methodology and this, yeah, this this way of teaching for for many years. It was, uh, you know, uh, Department of Education uh, had saw it, had seen it, had identified it as an innovative work based learning model, and so now I'm here and I, I implemented a career bridge to it, and I challenged my students last semester or in, in the, the spring of last year to, to have this concept to build a student-led corporation. Right. And the idea behind it is, you know, you can have one, like, I, I guess I can say that I proved that I can have one group of, you know, my class, my students dealing with businesses in the way that we do. But the challenge has always been, how do we scale it? How do we expand? How do we bring in more students? Right. Uh, from other classes, other teachers, bring exactly. them in. Exactly. That's Aspire Enterprise. So the idea behind it was the students started building up Aspire Enterprise, a student-led organization that offers business solutions to the community. And so, as you said, I was very excited because today um, we expanded. Today we went and met with our audio, video, and photography programs in our district to welcome them into the into the into uh aspire enterprise awesome and so now they are they are two fresh new departments if you would of our corporation and uh we've already expanded our our offerings you know to to the community uh the 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 six partners that we're working with um are super excited because you know we can only do so much and I don't teach photography or audio video, so it's very difficult for me to get my students trained up on it, but I don't need to. We have right. students that are doing Right, it. exactly. You know what I mean? It's like, if you look at a school district or a school as a corporation made up of various different departments led by subject matter experts, the teachers, and there are ambitious young employees that wanna just learn and do good for students. I mean, you can rock the stars. Absolutely. So, and you're modeling collaboration because as soon as any one of us acts like we're the contact experts, content experts on everything, that's not really coming from integrity, but you're an amazing, I love the student-led corporation and Aspire Enterprise. And it's so up our alley here because you know, my book was written, by the way, I just want to ask you, what's the age of the students that you're working with that are the now part of the student-led corporation called Aspire? How, how old are these students? They're sophomores through seniors. Okay, so it's like 15, 15 16, to 15, 16, 17. 17, okay. 
it's amazing because youth are capable of so much more than most uh, systems allow. And I'm so glad you found a school district that could allow you to continue to grow your vision. And that's how we met was uh, through the project in New Mexico. And I'd love to just bring Aaron up now because I know he's got some questions for the engagement for the two of yeah. you. Um, Aaron, could you say a few sentences about you? Like you start your own business, yeah. where you live, you know, all of that. And then we'll just launch into yeah. what's next. Welcome. Sure. Yeah, thanks. Well, I, I guess I'll start with like foundational stuff about my education too, because I think that's related here quite a bit. Um, when I was, uh, I think I was 13, we moved from Southern California, where I was born and raised, same house, to uh, Portland, Oregon. And while there, I tried uh, homeschooling online with public education, and I did, I hated that. I literally told my mom, mom, I feel like they're treating me like a monkey. <laughs> and the next year, um, we, some family friends connected us with a very cool learning community called Village Home Education Resource Center, which is like college for high school students. Um, and so you get to choose your classes and it's a nonprofit. So the classes are really cheap and, you know, you go and you choose where you want to be in small class sizes. And there's all kinds, you know, they had the standard stuff, uh, math science, language arts, you know, some spinoffs of that, but that still had the subject in it. Um, and they also had some amazing um, project related classes. They didn't have any business classes, which I'm very disappointed that that wasn't a thing. Um, but not I was yet, able to, not yet. <laughs> not yet, but I was able, I was very fortunate to be on in a lot of team environments. And it was basically that, right? You had your piece of the project, you came together and you figured it out and then you met and you worked it out together and you left again, you know, stuff like that. And so um, I was able to work with the charter school at the same time, get my high school diploma a year early by getting credits from the resource center, like showing my proficiency. And um, basically that next year, um, you know, I still went to the school because like, I still wanted to be, and I didn't have to leave yet. I still have one more year. Why would I want to leave? And um, I started my own business um, and it was basically um, me doing administrative work for people um, like as a virtual assistant and kind of testing the right for living the potentials where I started first client, I think, um, and testing the waters to try and figure out what I really like to do and what I really did not like to do. And it's been a year actually um, to a month ago since I started it. And uh, now I'm starting a publishing house as well. And in several other clients' businesses. And it's really, really What's amazing. The name of, say the name of your business so people know what it is. It's called Caterbuilder Solutions. It's like Caterpillar, but Caterbuilder. Um, and it's basically, uh, you know, I'm working with a few people who do um, other parts of the puzzle and business building now, like all together, we're consulting and actually helping people build parts of their business. Like, from messaging and content to websites to graphic design to all kinds of things we're moving into PR and of course that all started with book publishing with my mom's stuff and so um, we're all like organizing around that and creating a very unique publishing house that will help people get their message out and then they realize oh okay books don't make a lot of money and also I want to turn this message into something like a business and like a life and actually help people through that and you know as an avenue and so that's that's where we're going this year and that's really exciting um the but the reason i gave all that background is because like i think my bit first big foundational question for you eloy is um what what difference is there if any in the students 
like and slash consultants, right? You call them consultants um, from starting in your program to a year later or years after, like, do you notice a difference in who they are and what they like, just their personalities and their motivation, you know, that far into it? Yeah, uh, actually, yes, absolutely. A mm-hmm. tremendous, tre- uh, tremendous difference. Um, it, it's, it's very, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Um, and the way that I think the way that I really try and encourage my students to learn is they are in total control. I, I'm a facilitator. And so when you, when, when you go through my program, we start the first week of curriculum because I, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a professor. I, I, I'm a dual credit instructor. Um, so I, I guess I say that because all, all of my, uh, you know, book material is of, at, at a collegiate level, but, um, you know, they focus first and foremost on developing a, a code of ethics for the, for the organization. Mm-hmm. Every single year, they have to go through a very intense ethics building, uh, you know, uh, process. And they can, I tear down the ethics that we have and they build new ones every year. Not just because it gives each group, each new group uh, a chance, but because, you know, now it's their organization, you know, and now you establish what your ethical values are. Um, You can, we can keep some of the old ones or add some new ones. But so it's a it's a sense of professional discovery. And these students, a lot of them are very, especially after COVID. Oh, my mm. goodness. You know, they, they've been so cooped and, and you know, um, inwardly focused. And they they've lost a lot of the 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 just basic skills to have interpersonal relationships and communications and present their their ideas and fight for what they believe in. And so I try to first build an environment where they are free and open and confident to know that they're part of a team and they add value. Um, You know, and I invite them like, hey, this is what this program is. If this isn't for you, there's a lot of other classes, like no hard feelings. And so by by week three, the kids that are going to stay, they're in there. Mm-hmm. And then, man, they start to open up mm-hmm. and students that just didn't want to go for it because they were nervous or they were shy or, you know, because there's several opportunities that I offer. It's not just the working with businesses. I'm also a DECA sponsor. They have the opportunity to compete against other students that are also competing and, you know, that are also focused on marketing. And then uh, there's, there's several entrepreneurship competitions in our area where my students have the opportunity to pitch their own ideas, where they build their own uh, businesses, business ventures, and I help them develop their strategies. Um, you know, these are all extra. These are all more. And, you know, um, you see these students that first didn't believe in themselves, right? And now they're leading entire teams of people. And now they, they, they have this self-realization that they could, that they can, when really all they needed was someone to, to believe in them. The same way that 
a long time ago, I had a teacher believe in me. Um, you know, Aaron, I think you yourself are a very powerful young example of what youth can do when given the right opportunities. And uh, there is nothing holding anyone back. And I, I like to tell my students a lot, it's like your attitude will affect your altitude, <laughs> right? And, you know, no one is stopping you from succeeding. Mm -hmm. uh, there is an abundance of opportunity and success everywhere around us. If only you would get out of your way, go and get it. Um, that's a lot of what we try and focus on here is, you know, take charge. Because as, on, as entrepreneurs, as you know, entrepreneurs, where others see problem, uh, you see opportunity. Where others see barriers, you see a potential solution, you know, to do something about it. I got fed up trying to find a PM, uh, project management system. <laughs> I built one. You know, so it's like, mm -hmm. oh, you know what? I'm going to build it. I know exactly what it needs to do. Yep. Uh, I'm just going to build it. And there you go. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, and at first, at first, it's not like I, oh, I'm going to make an app and make a bunch of money. It's like, no, I, that's mm -hmm. not at all what I was thinking. I was like, man, how do I, how do I manage this project better? And how do, how do I manage the program better? And how do I do it with more teachers? How would I bring on more teachers onto these projects where everyone is on the same page and everyone understands what's going on and there's open communication and mm -hmm. you know, no one has to worry about texting students and that, that sort of thing. And that's, you know, part of career bridge, but uh, a long answer to your short question. <laughs> yes. There's a tremendous, there's a tremendous change when we give students, uh, you know, these type of opportunities and these type of learning experiences. Um, I, I don't think I know I've seen it. Like you can't convince me this guy is, you know, purple. I know it's purple. <laughs> like, you can't convince me that this doesn't work. I know it does. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. Well, that's amazing. Well, that was me um, when I was entering high school. Um, when we moved, I became such an extreme introvert and so inflexible that I needed people to like literally, I will actually, I had to make the, the choice to go first. I took improv and mock trial and both of those things really pulled me back out of me and made me like want to do things again rather than yeah. just like you know stay in my room and not do much you know sure, sure. that classic stereotypical teenager thing but the the one thing that like really interested me especially because there's been a lot of conversation about this lately um with the people i work with you said you you and your students when they first come in you guys write your ethics your core values yeah organization uh, together so yeah. like you guys have a culture conversation before oh, you start doing business. So like, what is that? Is it just the ethics or there's, is there more to that? Like, like conflict resolution or agreement stuff? Like, is that yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. That's all part of it. Yes. Very good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, so a, a big part of what you need to establish when you're developing a culture like that is how do you resolve conflict? Right. How can we be open? Um, what, you know, what are some of those, what are some of the tough things? Uh, conversations, how can those be structured, right? And and so yeah, absolutely. Part of the part of developing organizational values is establishing that culture. Um, one of them is respect, right? Like I, I'll just tell you, I'm actually looking at them right now. They're in the wall. 
respect and the definition that we put down for, for respect, um, you know, you will, you will have full appreciation for others views values um, and, and they will have appreciation for yours essentially what I can read from this distance. But <laughs> the idea is, you know, these are your team members. All of you add value to this effort and only together can you accomplish this great task. No one is lesser than anyone else. And so you must um, all be focused on adding value. And the organizational values that you establish, the code of ethics essentially that you establish are all in line with how your culture is, 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 um, is built. It's the foundation of how your company or how your organization is established. And, you know, it's, it's very important to the process because I don't throw it on them. They have to build it themselves. I provide my code of ethics. You know, I have a, very long code of ethics and and i always share i'm very transparent with my students you know like i have nothing to hide ever i share it with them and they see it and i say guys this is mine these are the these are the core values that i built my code of ethics on and these are the these are the uh sorry announcements <laughs> These are the organizational values. These are the methodologies that they're based off of. We go into all the core ethical methodologies um, and, and, and we dive in and they come up with their own, uh, their own culture, if you would. And the important thing about that, Aaron, is that as they go on, they call themselves out. Mm -hmm. like, Good. You know, if you're a leader in this organization, uh, you know, you're making sure everyone adheres to the values that they agreed to and everyone else calls each other out. It's happened many times here when I'm just sitting in my office and I, you know, I'm doing work and I have the door open. I, 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 I'm, I'm always teaching. I'm always listening. I'm always trying to get a good feel for what is going on and, you know, in the pulse of, of the office here um, of, of our workspace. And to hear the students interact with each other is, is amazing because they are taking on this role of being young professionals and they're taking it seriously because they see the value and they see the impact and they know what's going to happen. Like they, they, they know now, whereas yeah. before when they first started, they had no clue. <laughs> it's like they didn't know what they didn't know. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, that's awesome that they're calling each other out on that. I'm sure you have like, uh, they have a process yeah. for it. That's like kind, maybe hopefully, you know, you uh, that. I, I do, but look here, <laughs> resolution. Um, I think come me personally, you know, we don't, we don't, we call each other out. We do it in a very respectful way and there's no need okay. Something that I was raised on, hey, the truth shouldn't hurt. The truth shouldn't hurt. Hey, we're just doing some truth telling. That's it. <laughs> and you know what? We need to get this out now before it festers. And we need to talk about it now because we need to resolve this issue because we need to move forward. We have work to do. We don't have time to get caught up in, well, he said, she said. No, you know what? Squash it. 
let's we're going to squash this now mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about it now and then it always goes back to the values the values mm-hmm. and i can't tell you how many how many times we've had arguments or just strong discussions in the classroom mm-hmm. and i'm the i'm the moderator <laughs> and they're always pointing at the values i have you know all of our organizational values uh in, you know on the wall and they're pointing at the values and you know how are you being accountable accountability <laughs> you know and then uh you know integrity mm-hmm. it's just like it's a lot but um, it's important yeah yeah, no, that's awesome. I, well, I just thought it was interesting you brought it up I'm, right after this conversation. I'm going to a meeting about, you know, like, for the publishing house, it, we're really focusing on culture right now because, you know, we're laying the foundation, too, and all those agreements and accountability, right? Yeah. Team, uh, co- uh, team member, like, making sure we're actually communicating on a timely basis. Like, you know, stuff that you need, really do need to think of ahead of time before you jump into it or before, you know, you everything implodes because you realize you didn't set the foundation. So I just thought I'd ask you more about that. That's, that's really amazing. Um, you know, I've just known you as, you know, you're the marketing teacher. You're not just the marketing teacher. You are the business and like organization teacher, entity uh, teacher, and, and kind of like even more than that. I mean, beyond. Absolutely. I think, I, I think a lot of people don't, marketing is a very crucial uh, business function and it, it it's it's very broad in its reach when it's done at, you know to to try and do it i guess at the level we're trying to do it here but every business and every in any and every industry needs marketing because mm-hmm. it's not just making things look pretty it's the development of a business it's the the developing your vision developing your mission developing your business goals Mm-hmm. understanding your objectives, understanding who your target uh, market is, understanding what kind of product you should be developing or, or service for that matter. Well, why do you think that's a good idea? Who's your target market? Who's going to buy it? Uh, how are you going to sell it? You know, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. So you need to have all of this down packed, like you said, before you even start. In fact, to hear you say that you, you're going through that now at the age of 18, man, <laughs> Aaron, you're so far ahead, man. Like I can't even. I'm, you know, I'm proud of you, man. I wasn't one of your teachers, but I think you're doing a heck of a job. Uh, you know, at, 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 as a young entrepreneur, focusing on these things, they 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 just don't. These are these are foundational elements that don't just look pretty on a piece of paper. It's it's crucial and it's important. And if you believe in the process, the process will push you forward. All you need to do is establish the plan and work the plan. And as long as you had the foundation uh, set well with good process, with foundational values, with a, a clear plan of action and clear established processes, work the plan. Yeah, you may need to pivot, but you don't deviate from the master plan. You know, it's not like one day I'm going to decide, oh, I'm going to. I'm going to make, uh, I'm going to make balloons and that's my business structure. And the next day you decide you're going to do, you know, no, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to make pancakes instead. What? No, no. You know what? I'm going to make, I'm going to make stuffed toys. What? Like, no, (laughs) you establish what you're doing. Sit down and think it through. Yeah. You have to. Up to the end. You have to, and you have to put it on paper. You have to structure it out, you know, establish it well. And then there it is. Hmm. 
but uh, that's what that's what we that's what we learn here. And I'm I'm very happy that I've had several students that have gone on to great schools and have gone on to be great business people. And I don't know if for no other reason, I I hate. I don't like being in pictures with <laughs> with my students. Mm. No, it's like I, I like being the guy taking the picture, and I love knowing what I what what I do all this for. If I do it for anything, is to see a kid on a podium. It's to see a student in in you know pitching some great project or giving a, a great presentation to a CEO, and everyone's in amazement. That's the moment I get to say to myself, sitting in the back, it's my kid. Or I'll tell you, know, if, like, hey, that's my kid right there. I, I <laughs> uh, <laughs> but just like the one guy, right? Just yeah, guy. just like the one just guy. Just guy. so someone knows. Someone knows. <laughs> yeah. Now, I, I mean, that's, Funny. you know, the, great, the greatest thing now, having taught for 10 years, is one of the greatest things now is I have so many students that call me up randomly once or twice a week you know and they all call me mr marketing that's the nickname they gave me. yeah uh, so the funny story about that I, I once started when i first started teaching marketing i was all amped up okay guys everything is marketing you know when you're brushing your teeth you see your toothpaste what is that marketing and when you're walking you're driving down the street you see a billboard that's marketing look at the colors look at the it's marketing all of it is marketing yeah. so i had a student in the back Juan Espinosa. i'll never forget it okay mr marketing chill out <laughs> laughing by the time you know it every class is calling you mr marketing and then by the time you know it you know 10 years later teachers who don't know my name they just know me as mr. Marketing. <laughs> so, that's so funny. Uh, but I, I embrace it because I'm probably the only Mr. Marketing these students are ever going to have. Mm -hmm. You know, down here, Mr. Garza, it's like the it's like the Smith of the area. There's a million Garzas. Mm -hmm. But chances are, I'm probably ever going to be the first Mr. Marketing they ever took. Yeah, that makes me feel good. You know, they'll remember. <laughs> yeah, I think that's. Can I, yeah, can I add something, Aaron? Did you have a next question? I have something. I, it's coming through. This idea of marketing, and I saw um, from your background, um, Eloy, Mr. Marketing, that you also have background in healthcare, and um, oh yeah, and and this idea of who's the customer. I mean, that's the the bottom line. It's like you're doing with, you know, equipment for traumatized people in the healthcare system. You have to really meet people where they are and accept and help them get their needs met. It's not just marketing to get people in the store to buy something. It's marketing, when I'm feeling about the distinction that you're offering in terms of marketing, is that it's about how to be of service to help make the world a better place. Right. And what if we could have our key customers of the education model, which are the students, what if we meet the needs of the students to help them, we're marketing to them, to help them get in the driver's seat of their contribution by being of service and discovering how that works um, beyond just intellectual concepts. You're helping them yeah. fully embody it with them being the customer of the education model, which a lot of people in the system have never even had that thought that the students are the customer, right? So yeah. that's that's the problem that you and I and Aaron and several people are trying to solve, right? It's like, what if we ask, what if the youth have the answers? And why aren't we asking them? 
Well, why, and why aren't we bridging those together? And, you know, Erin is 100% on board with that vision that I've been I mean, having in my own life. And that's why I think it's guided <laughs> to what this conversation is. Okay, if you're a young person listening to this, and you're sick and tired of being overlooked or not seen, and you have ideas, what are you going to do about it? And how can we be of support to you? And I think that's partly what Living the Potential Network is about, is bringing the youth voice forward and then yeah. providing tools like what you've got, because you're in Texas, I'm in Oregon, you know, Aaron's in Arizona, and the world is our marketplace yes. because youth need to know that they're needed to have their ideas heard and seen. So it goes beyond marketing, and yet marketing is instrumental. So I just want to throw that out there and see what you guys think about it. I, I think it sounds great. And that's actually, you know, something that my students have taken on this year. I, I have a team of students that are focused on um, essentially they're doing a national marketing research study to understand the needs and wants of CTE students across the country. So the same processes that I've taught them here, I have a team of students that are, you know, that will be doing in-depth interviews and surveys with CTE students from across the country um, to do just that, to understand what students think, because so much of the research literature um, focuses on teachers or other stakeholders. Nobody asks the kids. No, we, no one asks, no one engages with students. And so uh, it, it's, which is funny, uh, we, we were meeting with a marketing market research uh, expert and she says, well, you know, I've never had much success trying to engage students and students don't really open up and students don't really talk. And the one thing I said, well, ma'am, they don't talk to you, but what if they'll talk to other students? Mm -hmm. And she just had this moment, like, that's what y'all are doing. I said, yeah, these are, these students that you see here are not going to, they're going to be addressing peers. They're going to be asking peers what they think. It's not going to be an adult. It's very different. It's a different, it'll be a different dynamic. And so we're hoping that the whole study goes really well, but we're excited. Oh it's yeah. Just one, of, one of the efforts we're doing at Aspire Enterprise. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'd love to help in any way with that. Right, Aaron? Yeah. It's right up our alley. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Aaron, did you have another question? Um, what you got, Aaron? Well, I think it's more about like, what are some of the challenges that you see your students kind of have to face? Like as like because because it can't be all like rainbows and lollipops, right? Oh, it certainly. <laughs> I mean, is as, not. No. like starting. I mean, I I haven't been in business for that long, but I know it's not rainbows and lollipops, and I'm it, sure it isn't even when you're in a, an environment like that. You know, being it's supported. not. It, yeah, it's not. You know, I'll tell you the biggest challenge I have is getting students to understand it's real. <laughs> right now, mm -hmm. uh, with a like I said, this is my first year here. The biggest challenge I've had is getting these students to understand that the things they're doing is real because they're so, I don't want to say institutionalized, but they're so <laughs> used to, it's an assignment. If I don't turn it in on time, it's then I'll the just grade. get a C. Yeah. And then coming out of COVID, it's like, no, the teacher will give me extra time, extra time, extra time. And they keep kicking the can down the road. Um, and so then you're, you're, you live through that for two years, right? Like we all have. And all of a sudden you got this crazy teacher that telling you, no, you need to have it on at this day at this time, or else you're going to like 
the business is going to fail and everyone's going to fail. And, you know, I, I, I try not to be so dramatic. <laughs> I mean, I really try to impress on them the value and the importance of deadlines and, you oh, know, and why it's so important. And, and, and so that has been a challenge, but and it, the way it's been resolved is getting the business partner involved and saying, Hey, y'all told me it was going to, I was supposed to have this last week. What's the problem? Like I'm running a business here. I, I can't be waiting. What, what's yeah. the deal? And it, the, they, they start to freak out. And yeah. what do we do? It's like, well, what guess, do we do? Get what? things just done. Gave, you just gave them a lot of responsibility that they haven't had before, right? right. The consequences right. are actually real. And, and that's been the biggest challenge, uh, to be honest with you. And it's still a challenge. Uh, you know, it, it still is a challenge. And, you know, uh, it, it takes a great deal of, of understanding and I think there's no way to truly get it until you get it like mm -hmm. the students don't get it don't get the value the importance the the gravity of it until they're in that situation and they have that epiphany moment where they realize oh this is what he's been stressing me about this is why this is so important but like, here's the important thing to understand. I had that moment when I was 21 years old, my senior year of college, working on major, a major project. You know, most people have that moment around that time, around that age. The important thing yeah. to understand is these students are having that moment now at the age of 15, 16. You, Aaron, Seems like you had that moment years ago. Probably. <laughs> but yeah. once, that, once that occurs, it's, it's a very important life moment, I think. Because it's, you, you make a decision at that time. Am I going to be the person that I can be? Or do I just need to find something else? Hmm. You know, and that, that's part of the, the exploration. That's part of finding yourself. That's part of you know, living your potential. That's part of, you know, living into your potential, I think. And I think it's, it's really crucial that we explore every potential avenue to provide students with those kind of opportunities. And I tell my students a lot, you know, and I, I think this is really more because coming out of COVID, I tell all of them, like, I don't care about your grades. I don't. You know how many job interviews I've been on? <laughs> like important big huge job interviews how many of them do you think ask for my report card none of them right like how many do you think asked or needed to see the value that i can bring what you've done what i've done my portfolio my portfolio exactly yeah like guys look and and, and that and they start to like you know what do you mean you don't care about the grades guys is you know what, if, you, if you're going to come in here thinking that all I care about is your grade, you know what, everyone gets 100. All right, I don't care. What I care about is you adding value. This right. business needs you to give it 100%. This team needs you to give it 100%. If you're still in this class right now, you agreed to be here. You volunteered for this. I'm an elective class. You don't have to take me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So awesome. if you're going to be here, you need to live at that. You need to, you know, work at this right. level. I love that. And, and boom, that's it. They're, they're in. Right. They're giving 110%.
That's awesome. Because there's usually a few that get it. And then it starts to be like a ripple effect, you know, and they start to form their own awakening together. It's the epiphany that bridges yeah. to more epiphanies. And I so appreciate this conversation. I'm noticing we could probably talk for a couple more hours, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, let's, just, I, let's just call this conversation I, one. I definitely could, yeah. All right. And so let me just ask you, Eloy. I mean, this has been so jam-packed. And for the listeners, we've been talking to Eloy Garza, who is a marketing, who's known as Mr. Marketing <laughs> beyond <laughs> Texas and um, student-led innovations and um, helping youth start their own businesses and his new app called CareerBridge. Um, and Aaron Johnson, who also is a young entrepreneur coming to us from Arizona. And I just want to thank both of you because today's been conversation has been jam packed. And I would like to ask you, Eloy, um, sure. I wonder what you're taking away from this conversation. Um, have you, has it affirmed or um, enlightened or empowered you as a result of being in conversation with Aaron Johnson today? And then Aaron, I'm going to ask you the same question. Um I am, I am just, and I always have been, I know we, you know, Aaron and I work together on, on, on a major project and I'm very impressed, man. I think uh, you're exactly everything that I fight for every day is to, to have young people have a self-realization in themselves that they can be like you. And I think uh, every opportunity we have to show other students that it's possible I think it's our responsibility to do so. So, I mean, yeah, I, I love I love being in this situation, you know. Uh, any chance we can get to collaborate, but I'm down. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Absolutely. How about you, Erin, anything you learned today well, that's inspired you, empowered you further than you already are? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, the way that you are adding, you're adding, <laughs> you're adding value to learning. You're figuring out how to, you're actually figuring out how to remarket education, right? If you think about it, you're, you're kind of taking everything that you learned in your experience to um, really empower people like you were empowered uh, when you were younger, it sounds like, by the teachers and everything like that, that you had. And um, that's like my story. And that's always really inspiring to hear. And um I think what I'm really taking away from this conversation is that uh, just, well, I think it's a reminder for me um, that education is always more than just marketing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's so much more. And uh, people like you, Eloy, super, super amazing. Um, really love to see what you're doing. It makes me happy and, and kind of sad. I'm not still in high school and taking your class. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, uh, nonetheless. That's awesome, Erin. Well, I'd like to just say that, um, Eloy, the way in which you're managing your classroom <clears throat> is what I did back when I was a teacher. And again, I did not learn that from my college of education courses or anything. I knew if I wasn't meeting the needs of the people and the time we were spending together, then what value was I bringing, right? Yeah. And this was before I even knew I was going to have marketing in my background because <laughs> I left education, went into business and so forth. But then when I found a group of students who could create a business and actually get a big company to pay them $75,000 up front when they were eight, nine, and 10 years old, I said, this is the way it needs to be. And I wonder who else is out there who sees it the way I see it. So when I met you, and of course, I've been working with Erin um, for a couple of years now, and the whole idea is intergenerational learning. 
and how you're integrating, um, I call it the business of life in your classroom. Yes, yeah. you may be Mr. Marketing, but it's the business of life, how to bring who you are to what you do in a way that allows you to make an income by making an, and make a difference at the same time. I think we could, because of the work that you're doing, we could actually put an end to, you know, selling your soul for money. Those old days where people go to school and then they graduate and they would know who they are and they just go take a job because it makes the most money for them, but they still didn't feel fulfillment. Right. I feel that your way of being and the way in which we can work together is about self-fulfilling. I and mean, when you even said self-realization, it's like people discover who they are when they're in your presence. And it doesn't matter whether you're a student or you're a business. It doesn't matter. We're all creating this new world together, this 21st century new world post-pandemic. Let's do it together. Absolutely. <laughs> I just want to exactly. thank you so much for being here today. And um, I'm just going to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. I'm so inspired. It's kind of like, I'm going to look at everything out there in different colors, what people call marketing. I'm going to go... <laughs> What value is that bringing to society? Yeah. Maybe, maybe you could be asking yourselves that question and we could be putting our time and energy towards the things that we care most about. So Eloy Garza, it's been so fantastic talking with you and Erin today. Could you please direct our listeners to where they can go to find out more information about you and your programs? Absolutely. If you're interested in learning more about CareerBridge, please go to career-bridge.com and you'll be able to learn more about uh, my innovative work-based learning app. If you're interested in the work that my students are doing, uh, my students, uh, you know, in, in the program that we have, please go to aspireenterprise.org to learn more about the work my kiddos are doing. Okay, so that's Aspire, A-S-P-I-R-E, right? Enterprise.org. Okay, great. So... Thank you so much. It's been just a pleasure having you with us today and we'll look forward to you in a future conversation. Thank you, Eloy. Have a Thank great you. rest of your day. See you later, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and will join us for the next Bridging the Potential podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and have us on your podcast feed and feel free to share it with your friends. If you're interested in what we're doing here at Living the Potential Network, Please visit our website at www.livingthepotential.com and check out the first two chapters of Renee Beth's book, Living the Potential, Engaging the Wisdom of Our Youth to Save the World. Till next time.